0: thank you for listening to messages from havondale baptist church and pastor jack Marslander. this message is from the series jesus in the gospel of luke and was preached on january 29 2023 how's your attitude today all right, all right. you sure we're gonna talk about attitudes today in our study of jesus in the gospel of luke We come to a story, a story you probably know because this is kind of a childhood children's Sunday school favorite, the story of 10 lepers who were healed by Jesus, only one of whom came back to thank him. The story shows us the attitude that Jesus wants to see in us, not just the beliefs and not just the actions that flow from those beliefs, but the very attitudes that we lived with. Now, all ten started with the right belief. They came to Jesus believing that Jesus could heal them. All ten then continued with the right actions. Jesus said, go to the priest. And so they were on their way to the priest when Jesus cleansed them and healed them. Only one, though, had the full and complete attitude that Jesus wanted. And he came back to praising God and thanking Jesus. Here's what I want you to learn today. We need the right beliefs and the right actions and the right attitudes to be a full and complete follower of Jesus. In church, we usually talk about beliefs and then we talk about actions, you know, believing in God and obeying God. But attitudes are just as important for attitudes show what's really going on on the inside, even more than our words and our actions. You've probably been on both sides at one time or another of this particular conversation. Maybe in a close relationship, you've asked, are you okay? And heard, I'm fine. (laughs) Is something wrong? Nothing's wrong. And you realize the words... And the attitudes aren't matching up. It, did you ever come to church? That's, that's a good thing. Sing the songs, that's a good thing. But do it with an apathetic attitude. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. I mean, you had the right belief. You believed in God, the right action. You, you came to church, you, you sang the song. But your attitude says more like God is boring instead of amazing did you ever proclaim your love for people i love all people and then walk right by a needy person without even a second look a glance a thought or a prayer you have the right belief but your attitude says i don't care that's not my problem how about teenagers and children do you believe in obedience Mom or dad says, hey, clean up your room before you go outside to play ball. And you go something like, (sighs) and then you stomp off to your room. Hopefully you don't slam the door. And you go perform just kind of a really quick cleaning, which might be not much more than throwing things in the closet, shutting the door, and and throwing the bedspread on the bed. You, You ever do that? You say you believe in obedience, or at least you believe in the fear of disobedience, and yet your attitude shows you something completely different. We need the right beliefs. We need the right attitudes that flow from those beliefs. But we also need to do it the right beliefs, the right actions, and the right attitudes. And when all three of those things come together, then we are a whole and complete and real follower of Jesus. So as we read this story that you probably know, the story of the 10 lepers, one of whom came back to thank Jesus, I want you to think about the right beliefs, the right actions and the right attitudes and make sure that they're all working together in your life. So the story is found in Luke chapter 17. Let's stand together as we begin reading Luke 17, verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, "'Jesus, Master, have pity on us.' When he saw them, he said, "'Go, show yourselves to the priest.'" And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You may be seated. Now, I want you to make sure that you understand this particular passage. And and I don't want you to judge the lepers too harshly. I mean, all 10 were healed. Only one came back. But I I want you to understand it. leprosy is a horrible disease. It is not an easy thing. Leprosy, I'm going to show you some pictures, causes symptoms in skin and bones. Even today, it's still very common in Africa. It causes a twisting of the limbs, claw-like hands, loss of fingers and toes, disfigurement of the space of the face, especially the the ears and the nose. And here's one of the tough things a person with full-blown leprosy since it's a nervous system ailment can't feel so their hand can be in a fire and they wouldn't know they can cut their foot on a sharp rock and they wouldn't feel it so usually in addition to the leprosy they are deeply and constantly injured and since it was contagious it is contagious and in the first century they didn't understand all that but they understood if if you hang out with someone with leprosy you're going to get leprosy they were forced to leave their homes and go live in leper colonies they had to stay away from others their communication their only communication with people outside of their own leper colony was by yelling because they weren't allowed to come within a distance where you could talk normally. That's why these men had to call out to Jesus instead of come up and talk to him. And if by some miracle they were healed, which was very, very rare until Jesus came along, they had to be examined by a priest who functioned more or less as a doctor and would give them a full examination and have to say they're okay before they could return home. And so in this story, a group of ten of them, Jews and Samaritans, came and asked Jesus for healing. And Jesus sent them to a priest. And on their way, catch that, because that shows their obedience, on their way to a priest, they were healed. One of the ten came back praising God, loudly falling at the feet of Jesus, thanking him, praising him, and Jesus sent him on his way saying, your faith has made you well. An expression that meant more than just physical healing. He alone of the 10 was healed both physically and spiritually. His sins were forgiven. He became A believer, was given eternal life worth living in this world and eternal life that will go on in heaven. So I want to note, especially in him, but in all of them, the the five attitudes that Jesus looks for, that Jesus wants to see in us. And I want you to know these and to build these attitudes into your beliefs and your actions. And the first attitude that Jesus wants to see in us is what all ten showed, a humble attitude. Jesus, Master, have pity on us, was the way they called out to Jesus. They came to the point in their life which sounds unhealthy, but is extremely healthy. They came to the point in their life where they had no other hope except for God doctors had declared them incurable. Families were forced to send them away, never to see them again except at a distance. They could not hold a job, go to synagogue, go to the temple, go to the market, or participate in any form of village life. The healthiest among them may have still been able to do a little bit of farming, but it would have been on substandard land that nobody else wanted. Some, history tells us, became thieves. Most became beggars. And due to their sickness and their near-starvation diet, most of them had a life expectancy measured in months, not in years. And so they did what you and I need to do. They forgot their pride and they called out to Jesus for help. Listen, that, that's kind of a lost art today, even in the church. I mean, we believe it, but God's kind of the last resort where for believers it should be the first. We're sick, I just go to a doctor. We have addictions. I can handle this. Our family's in trouble. We'll go to a therapist or a counselor. I'm short of money. I have a credit card. Our nation has issues. Well, I know the right party and the right candidate that can fix those things. Now, now none of those things are bad. But for believers, our first step should be humility. Humility and a willingness to ask, God, I need your help. You're sick? Pray to God and go to a doctor. You have an addiction? Set aside your pride and admit you can't handle this. You need God's help. You have relationship trouble? Get on your hands and knees before God and ask him to bring Healing, And then you can go to a counselor or therapist and learn. You need money? Do what Jesus taught us to do. Give us this day our daily bread. And then you can obey God with your money. You see trouble in our nation? And if you're opening your eyes and paying attention, you see trouble in our nation. Then join a prayer meeting. And then you can vote. We act sometimes in the Christian church like voting and politicking are biblical commands. No, prayer is the biblical command. And then we can do what else we need to do. But that's where it starts. A humble attitude that says, God, I need help. I need it for the big things. I need it for the little things of life. I need it for the big life decisions and for the everyday things God I need your help. If you're really walking with God and not just coming to church, if you're really walking with God and not just saying so, then you'll be calling on God for help a dozen times a day. God, I have a tough conversation coming up. I need some help. God, I'm mad. Help me to calm down and to be able to bite my tongue and say only good things. God, I'm being tempted. Help me. To say no. God, I have a decision to make. Let it be the right one. It, it, it's an attitude based on our belief system that we need God's help constantly. It, it's a willingness to understand I'm not big enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not powerful enough, I'm not rich enough, but God, you are. So help me. So th- that's what we believe. And that's what we teach. I'm just challenging you to take it to the next step, making your everyday attitude of life. God, I need help for this. God, I need help for that. God, I don't know what to do here. Um, You got challenges every day. If you're a parent, you have challenges. You love them, but you don't always know what to do, what to say, how to do it. And here's what I'm finding out. When those children grow up, you still have challenges. And I don't know. What's the line? What do I say? When do I keep my mouth shut? When do I jump in and say something? What do I do? God help me. Needs to be an ongoing, everyday attitude of our life. It's a humble attitude. I can't do this, God. You can. And so that's one attitude Jesus wants to see in us. And then there is the obedient attitude. Now, we see here what we see dozens of times, probably hundreds of times in the Bible The men weren't healed until they obeyed. Jesus, have pity on us. We need help. Jesus said, go and show yourself to a priest, which would be what they needed to do before they could go back home to their family. But the Bible is very clear. As they went, they were healed. Obedience came first, then God answered their prayer. It wasn't until they started to obey that God answered their prayer. Now, I often hear in Christian circles the opposite. When God answers my prayer, I will obey him. When God does what I want him to do, then I will do what he wants me to do. We've got it backwards. If God gives me money, I actually heard someone say this not too long ago. If God helps me win the lottery, then I will give generously to him and I will help others. Listen, here's what I'm telling you. Don't expect God to bless you financially until you're already obeying God with your money. So go ahead, give generously. Help others. And then you can trust God to take care of you obedience first is the attitude not obedience if i had a man actually pray this prayer with me and i talked to him about it afterwards because it was relationship trouble and he actually said god if you will change my wife's attitude then i will love her with all my heart now i had met his wife And she needed a new attitude. But that's secondary to what I taught him. No, the Bible says you love your wife with all of your heart and then expect God to answer your prayer. Obedience first. If God gives me a better job with a better schedule, then I will serve him in the church. No, find a way to do what God has called you to do first. Serve him in the church and then talk to God about a new job. Obedience first is the attitude that we need. Relationship trouble, someone told me this, if he repents, I will forgive him. No. The Bible teaches forgive. And then you can pray for repentance. Obedience first. We believe that. I'm just challenging you to put it into action and make it part of your attitude in every area of life. Regardless of what anybody else does, I will obey God first. It's what we believe. I'm just challenging you to make it part of your attitude. What other what, what men have just stood there? We'll go to the priest, but you've got to heal us first, God. No use going to a priest until, until we're healed. The priest is just going to say, you're sick. Go back to the leper colony. They obeyed what Jesus said and then God healed. A humble attitude is what Jesus wants from us. An obedient first attitude is what Jesus wants. And then a thankful attitude. Here's what we believe. At least I hope this is what you believe. All good things come from God. And what we see here, but in only one of the ten, is a thankful attitude based on that belief that led this man, a Samaritan, Luke tells us, to come back to Jesus and say, thank you. Jesus even asked, where are the other ten? I'm not going to judge them because I don't know what they were doing. They may have been doing good things. Hadn't seen the wife for a few years. You go hang out with her wife. Hadn't seen the kids for a few years. We're going to go go do that. I mean, they're probably doing good things. But the attitude Jesus wants from us is that when he does something good, we thank him. We praise him. We honor him. And, And listen, God does good things for us all the time. Do you believe that? Then in practice and in attitude... Develop the habit of saying thank you to God regularly. One of my practical steps, and I'm going to go ahead and give this to you ahead of time. I'll I'll remind you of it at the end of the message. I'm going to ask you to spend this day, January 23rd or 29th, 2023. I'm going to ask you to give God thanks for every good thing in your life. If you don't do it for at least a few dozen times, then you're just not paying attention. So so think about it now. What good thing has God given me that, that, that I could thank Him for? Listen, if you like this sermon and you learn from it, thank God for it. If you don't like the sermon, thank God when it's over. I mean, either way, you've got something good to thank God for. When you step outside, thank God for the beautiful weather We could be living in Iowa or Minnesota or Maine. If you go to your vehicle and you put in the key and you turn it and it starts. Thank God that you have a reliable vehicle. Many do not. If you have a home to go to, remember the many homeless people and thank God that he has given you a place to live. If you get to eat today, and many will go hungry, then thank God for the food. If you're a football fan and your team loses today, thank God for a good season. If you're a Raiders or a Cardinals fan, thank God that he has taught you humility this season. (laughs) If you don't care at all about football, thank God that the season is almost over. Wow, that got a lot of amens there. I mean, it's an attitude that we need to learn. If everything good comes from God, then I've got to spend much time thanking Him for it. And by the way, do it with the right attitude. Here's my problem sometimes. Sometimes I do it out of habit and I'm not even thinking about it. Oh, it's time to eat. Okay, in our family, we do this, okay? And, and then the last person, thanks God. And then, you know, dear Jesus, thank you for this food in Jesus' name. Amen. We're thinking about the mashed potatoes and the chicken and, and, and everything else. We're not even thinking about God. I've got to remind myself sometimes, hey, Jack, listen to your own words. You really are thankful to God. Don't just say them. Adopt the attitude. Listen, as Americans, we should be thanking God every day for our country. I know it causes us trouble and and we're not quite sure how to deal with it, but I'm thanking God that I live in a country that everybody else wants to live in. They want to come here. We're staying here whining and complaining about how horrible life in America is. Maybe we need to change our attitude. Thank you, God, that we live in the kind of country that everybody in the world wants to come to. Thank you, God, that we can do this freely and openly, and nobody is stopping us from worshiping you. Thank you, God, that we live in a pretty good economy compared to the world, even though we'll whine and complain about inflation, that God has blessed us with much. It's an attitude. That Jesus wants us to adopt, and we have adopted the whining complain scenario rather than the thank God for good things scenario. So, Jesus wants us to do what the one out of the ten did thank you, God, for what you did. Thank you, Jesus, and to do it with the right attitude. He also wants us to have a transparent attitude. Meaning we are open about our faith, about our praising God, about our worshiping God. Verse 15 said, this man came back praising God in a loud voice. Hey, God had done something great for him. Jesus had done something great for him. And he showed by his actions and his loud voice that he didn't care who heard it. I praise God. I thank you, God. And he ran and fell at his feet. His faith was open and transparent in the eyes of the world. Everyone could see it. We talk in evangelical churches a lot about being evangelistic and about sharing our faith. Here's the first rule of sharing your faith is to live your life as a Christian in full view of, of everyone else. I'm not saying get on a soapbox and start preaching in the office or in your school. I'm saying do what believers do in full view of everyone around you. Pray before a meal at home, in a restaurant, when you're by yourself, when you're with family, when you're with friends when you're in the school cafeteria. Just do it openly and obviously so everyone can see. I can't tell you how many God conversations I've had in restaurants when someone saw me praying. And it's opened a door to talk about it. That's what Christians do. Do it openly and honestly in front of people. Read your Bible where people can see it. Answer the question, you know, when you get back in the office or you go back to work, or you're meeting people for a while, what did you do this last weekend? Hey, tell them you went to church. Well, I went camping and I did this and I watched some football and whatever. Listen, a lot of people in a lot of schools and in a lot of offices and a lot of neighborhoods don't know people go to church because we never tell them. What did you do this weekend? We tell them. Everything else we do, hey, I went to church. It was good. Or I got a good nap or whatever it is. I went to church. That's what I did. It's important to me. And, and hey, you willing to come with me next week? I'll show you why I like it. Tell people right in front of everybody what you do. You always have conversations when you ask someone, how are you doing? And you get the answers. Oh, I don't know, I'm really hurting. I got surgery coming up or, you know, my kids have really made me mad or, or whatever. Hey, do what Christians do right there, wherever you are. Can I pray for you? I mean, don't just say, can I put you on my prayer list? Can I pray for you right here, right now? I mean, in the office, in the parking lot, in school, walking with your neighbors, wherever you are. That's who we are, and what I'm teaching you is what Jesus wants for us to be open and obvious about it. Joe, you're hurting. Hey, can I pray for you? It doesn't need to be a 17-minute church prayer. Hey, God, this is my friend Joe. I know you love him. He's hurting right now. Help him. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's just part of who we are. And so it's what we do. And I love that verse. The man came praising God in a loud voice. Let everybody know what I believe. Now, listen, if you're going to do those Jesus things in front of people, your life better match it as well. If if you're going to make it clear, I I go to church, I'm a believer, I pray, I read my Bible, then you better make sure that your life matches it. Number five, what Jesus wants to see from us is this attitude of faith. I love this statement that Jesus made. (coughs) Your faith has made you well. Jesus made a similar statement repeatedly. Hey, because you believed and you showed it by your obedience and your praise and your thankfulness and your are willing to come and bow down before me. Your faith was more than just a word. You've been healed. You have no more leprosy. Your sins have been forgiven. You have eternal life because of your faith. The leper lived it. Too often in church is just a word or a song. But he showed faith on every level. He asked Jesus for help. Praise God loudly when he was healed. He thanked him, throwing himself at Jesus' feet. It was more than words. It was more than act. He had faith, actions that matched, and an attitude that pleased Jesus. And that's what Jesus wants from us. The right beliefs, the right actions, done with the right attitude. And that's what makes us a whole and complete follower of Jesus. Faith, the right beliefs is important. Obedience, the right actions are necessary. We want to do it with the right attitude, showing that this is real for us. So listen, how do we respond to a message like this one? Uh, I've got several follow-ups, practical steps for you. The first one, I already told you, I want you to spend this day thanking God for everything. It might take you a while. That's okay. It's healthy. The church, your car, whoever gets in the car with you. You got a wife? Thank God for her. You got a husband? Thank God for him. You got some kids? Thank God for them. I mean, honestly, if I start doing that, that's going to take me kind of half the day right there. You know, I thank you for For my wife, and what a great wife and great mother that she is. I thank you for my oldest daughter, Tina. She's home with COVID right now, but I I pray for her and I pray for her husband, Noah, and I pray for their children, Wyatt and Everett and Arkin. And that's like one out of nine families that I'll be thanking God for as I just go through the list. Um, and, And then I've got my extended family, and I got a nice house, and it's paid for. Thank you, Jesus. I got all kinds of things to thank God for. That's the attitude God wants. Me to see. Thank you for this church, all these people who are sitting out there, who give generously and do God's work. God wants us to develop that attitude, so I'm asking you to put it into practice today. Spend some time thanking God today. Number two, obey God in everything. No holding back. (coughs) I'm going to love all people. I'm going to forgive anyone who has sinned against me. I'm going to give generously to God and to help others. I'm going to repent of all known sins and run from all temptation. I'm going to love my wife and love my children and love my family and love my church. I'm going to go out of my way today to help people. Obedience is an attitude. It starts with a proper understanding that everything I have, my life, my health, my time, my money, my car, My house, everything that I have is a gift from God. And so I'm to use it in obedience to him. If it's mine, it's not yours, then we'll never have the right attitude. It starts with the right attitude. Everything I have is God, so I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And then I'm going to trust God. He's going to take care of me. I'm going to be okay. Number three, ask God for everything you need. You will have challenges this week. Ask God for help. You will have needs this week. Ask God for help. You will have some changes to make. Ask God for help. Your family has issues. Ask God for help. You're frustrated at work. Ask God for help. You don't have enough money to do everything you think that that you should be doing. Ask God for help. Let it be a part of your life every day, that every challenge, every need, every issue, I'm asking God for. I got no no ability to think myself, I'm okay, I'm going to be okay. I got no pride in myself, I can do this. What God wants from us is that attitude. I can do this with your help. I can do this as you lead me. So ask God for everything, and then believe God for everything. Apparently, these 10 men believed that they were going to be healed, and they were. Hey, listen, if you ask God for something and you're obeying God and everything he tells you to do, believe that God's going to answer you in the best possible way. It's a matter of faith. I ask God, he's going to do something. I don't know what it is, and maybe I would have done it differently, but God knows better, so I'm okay. Okay. It's an attitude of faith. It's not if God does something, it's an attitude of faith. God's going to do something. It's the attitude, not just the beliefs, not just the actions, but the attitude behind them that really matters. Listen, I want you to know that belief and attitudes, working together, change everything. But also, I tend to think of things in a very logical way, almost mathematical way sometimes if you have the wrong beliefs and the wrong attitudes you're going to be miserable and you've been there if you have the wrong beliefs and the right attitudes you're going to be miserable if you have the right beliefs and the wrong attitudes about them you're still going to be miserable but if you have the right beliefs with the right attitudes God gives you joy God gives you joy. I wanted to show you a picture, but I couldn't get copyright information um, and the ability to show it, and I try and follow the the rules on on any, any pictures that I put up here. It was a beautiful picture of a man that you would not call beautiful. He had leprosy. Almost no fingers left. He had one ear gone. The other one was sprouting out like cauliflower he had he had issues and lesions all over his face but he had the biggest smile of joy on any face i had ever seen it was a picture of a man in a church in africa with leprosy surrounded by lepers praising god with absolute joy he had the right beliefs with the right attitude And God brought him real joy. So I want you to build these attitudes into your life based on the right faith. Doing the right things with the right attitude. And God will bring you and us great joy. And we will be following Jesus the way he intended us to. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. You can find out more about our church at abcaz.net, and you can find Pastor Jack's sermons on most podcast apps. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.